Welcome, Fibers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, the movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. It's time, once again, to join your hosts Q and J in the writer's room for an other stuff, too, discussion you'll definitely agree with. High Five, the podcast, is not responsible for your agreement or disagreement with our discussions, but if you don't agree with us, you're wrong. And now, on with the show. What up, Jay? Hey, Q. It's good to be back, man. How are you? Oh, uh, you know, just keeping it real on this wonderful Wednesday, Wednesday the 29th of May. Yeah, we are. We're here doing another Other Stuff too. Welcome back, everybody, to High Five colon the podcast where we talk about movies and everything else under the sun. You know what they say about May, Jay? I do. I do know what they say about May, but you know what? Just for everybody else, why don't you tell me what you're thinking so I don't sound stupid? It's May. It's May. Outdoor fucking starts today. That's never what I've heard, but you know what? High five. High five. Moody and stuff. Crisp stuff. I love your stuff. Weird stuff. Sensitive stuff. Taxing stuff. Evil stuff. Pickling little stuff. Heavy stuff. Big boy stuff. Super cool stuff you wouldn't understand. May, May, outdoor fucking starts today. Yeah. I wanted to get past you saying that. Who says that? Uh, the great philosopher Jonathan Colton. <laughs> yeah, he, he has an entire song about it, except his is, it's the first of May. It's the first of May. Outdoor fucking starts today. <laughs> Hold on. I'm looking. Jonathan Colton, first of May. <laughs> mm-hmm. That That's, is the song that we'll be playing right now as we're as that, we're all talking. Do you hear that? Can you hear that song? Because it's the first of me, first of me, outdoor fucking starts today. So bring your favorite lady or at least your favorite thing. Water's not cold, baby, dip in your big toe. Maybe I'll see you in for grande delecto. Grass below you, sky above. Celebrate spring with a crazy little thing called fucking outside. Perfect. Yeah, that's it. It's a nice song. I thought you made it up, like, just on the spot. You're like, you know what they say, first of May, first away, scare the scabbies away. Yep. It's like, what? Nope. <laughs> Who says that? Someone with scabbies, apparently. I yeah, don't clearly. Know. No, just somebody <laughs> who likes to have outdoor sex. Perfect. <laughs> For all those, for all the high five listeners out there who like to have outdoor sex, while listening, you now to have the, our permission while listening to our show. Oh, of course, I would hope that you have everyone, your earbuds in. Yes, no pants on. No, buds That's, in, bods unsheathed. Right, <laughs> if you will. I was hoping you were going to say something weird like bods off. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just take your body off. Buds, buds in, bods on. <laughs> each other just. you can't see what i'm using my hands like in a sandwich motion right for he's bodies. he's acting as if he had two barbies and he's pushing them together <laughs> he's just cl- as you would as a child when you want your barbies to make out with each other and you just like viciously smack their faces together which is how we all learn kissing now kiss each other now kiss. Kiss. Why are you so mean about it? Because you that's how, kids. You're that's, gonna kiss. That's how I was. You as like a kid to playing kiss. with my barbies. Like, you like to kiss? I like to kiss. You may kiss. Kiss, 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 kiss. Yep. <laughs> and it. then also, it was weird because like it wasn't even your room and it wasn't your dolls. <laughs> nope. It wasn't even your house. Nope. It was weird. 
It was weird. I got arrested like five times as an eight-year-old. When they put on the, the arrest sheet, kiss. I, I just straight up Robert Downey Jr.'d into people's houses. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of our listeners only know Robert Downey Jr. currently from his Iron Man stint. But look up Robert Downey Jr. in Stranger's House. Or look, just look up Robert Downey Jr. arrest. Yeah, and you'll find some a very, lot of stuff. very interesting stories. Now, I love the man, and God, he's come a long way, and I praise him for that. But you got to laugh at yourself, RDJ, and those were some pretty strange times you were living in. <laughs> you, you had a weird go, RDJ, for a little while. For a little while, while a little you, while. Were, you were a bit off the reservation. <laughs> you, yeah, you went a bit... Danny in season eight, bro. <laughs> yeah. RDJ. Yeah, you, you, did. you heard the bells and you just kept sniffing. You just kept going. So let's. Hey, that's a perfect segue. So, as in most other stuff twos, normally we would recap uh, some thrones and some zones. Yeah, but, things that we've seen, <laughs> thrones and zones, things but that we and things we've watched. But it's been a it's been a while since we've done one. Um, just because life, <laughs> life is busy life and hard. Is life, yeah. And, uh, but so since we did our last episode and talked a little bit about Game of Thrones, I believe Game of Thrones was starting when we did the last <laughs> I episode. Think we, it was either starting or we had seen like the first two setup episodes. Right. But so now Game of Thrones has ended with what I may say the game is, is over is possibly the greatest failure of an ending oh, okay. of I was all time. I was hoping you were going to get there. Um, Because you and I haven't talked Game of Thrones even. I, and honestly, as much as you, you and I talk probably every day a little bit, Q. I have purposely avoided talking about Game of Thrones with you because of this episode. Because you and mom are getting a divorce? (laughs) Yeah, we didn't want to tell you uh, until on this episode live. (laughs) Until publicly. Yeah, until, so it's not, it's not us. It's really your fault. Um, It's just, you've become too much of a stressor on our relationship. It was a negative vibe. Was it all those times that I broke into people's houses as an eight-year-old and played with their dolls? It was. It was your whole Robert Downey Jr. phase. (laughs) I I just, I I couldn't get past it. Me and your mom, uh, we love you very much, but (laughs) you're going to have to live with someone else. Oh, no. So, you know. (laughs) Burn the throne and leave, if you will, but (laughs) it's over. It's over. Fair enough. So, okay, with Game of Thrones, we I don't know if we've talked about the eighth season at all outside of those first two episodes. No, so, we haven't. Do you just want to give me like, – before we do the finale, do you yes. just want to give me kind of an overall opinion on the eighth season? Yes. Okay, so here's the deal. And this may be a bit of a controversial stance, but I stand by it. It's your stance, man. Stand by your own stance. I stand by your stance. Yeah, that, that needs awesome. – that needs to be an intro for some segment of our show. Stand by your Stand stance. By your stance. Yep, that's it. We're going to make that into an intro. You, just you wait. <laughs> I just sang it, and it's recorded. So. Um, so overall, I do not dislike the uh, entirety of the eighth season. Well, the, the character plots... That happened throughout the. Eight, I'm trying to figure out how best to say this. I think I, I don't I think mind I know what you're saying. I don't I mind where the characters ended up. Sure. 
I have a problem with how they got there. Right. You don't. You didn't actually mind the arc moments. Like, okay, no. this person does this, and then they go here, and then they do this, and they end up here. Correct. Like, all on paper, all of that was fine for you. Is yes. what I'm hearing. But yes. you didn't like the details that then of how they those got dots. from point A to point B. It's I feel like, like it's they like purposefully con- somehow were like subverting <laughs> what people yes. expected, and they yeah. were like. Okay, everybody wants this, but you know so, what? That's not what we're gonna do because we Game of Thrones. Because <laughs> we game of, they Game of Thrones all over Game of Thrones. They did, and it was too much. It was yeah. too much throne, if you will. Well, here, okay. I'm glad you said that because I want to give you my overall impression as well. Okay. And I I like your description because it's kind of like you know when you see a connect the dots picture and you can say, oh well, that's a, a mountain. Like, you can tell what it is looking at just the dots. Yeah, absolutely. And then you connect the dots, and it looks worse than it did before. Yes. That's kind of what I'm imagining with this. Yeah. Um, there were character moments, and there were character arcs, and there were there were things that happened in the episodes <clears throat> that I did not like. I do yes, not agree I will with some agree of the decisions. That. I do not agree with some of the ways that characters ended. But what I will say is that on paper – I can understand how every decision was made. Yes. And I've heard other people say that, but let me be very clear. Did not love it. Nope. Was not thrilled. Nope. But as a whole, I didn't hate season three or season eight. Can we talk about, okay. So you and I have very similar opinions. I actually thought of you a lot while watching this final season because it was, it reminded me of something you, you have said often to me, (laughs) which is, I would almost rather something be really bad than just yeah. not quite as good as it could have been. Yes. And that's what I felt like was in a perfect summary for this entire season was it's not that it's bad. It's that it wasn't nearly as good as it could have been. Yeah. Now, I want to say something that so I heard somebody say this the other day, and it sort of opened my eyes a little bit on something that I think was a problem with this season Mm -hmm. is someone said, you know, I don't mind what happened in season eight, but I wish they had reordered the episodes. It's like the battle of King's landing should have come before the night battle. And then Danny could have been a tyrant in charge, but they would have had to keep her around to fight the army of the dead. Ooh, that would have been interesting. Exactly. So that would have given John and Danny more time to kind of have their butt heads, to have them. Well, let's talk. John coming to that conclusion. Let's actually address that was one of the main character issues that I that I had a problem with. So I once again, I'm going to go. I'm going to stand by my stance in that. I do, unlike a lot of people, I feel like Daenerys' turn to the dark side, if you will, was earned and set up in previous seasons that people seem to be willfully ignoring. And I have been calling her going bad for like two seasons now. I'm like, she's going to become the Mad Queen. I was like, it's happening. I can see it. I see it in some of the decisions she's making. She thinks she's super righteous. Right. And anytime people think they're super righteous, I think Varys even addressed that. He was like, anytime people think they are right. the face of a cause, yeah, that's when power can corrupt. You know what I mean? And it sways. The, everything they do is infallible to themselves at that point. Right. And, and here, let me say this. I... I respectfully stand on a different side of that opinion. Okay. Not so much that I don't feel like the the Mad Queen twist was 
relevant. I don't think it's it was as earned as as you say. Okay, and, and well, that's fine. But but I will say I don't mind it happening. Well, I, I will just say wish I had seen her struggle with it more. And that's okay. But that's where I was going. I feel like it was earned for the character. I don't think it was earned through the storytelling. Right, because and the thing is, I I I've had this conversation with somebody. But you were saying, you know, there's a lot of things in previous seasons that kind of hint towards her going in this direction. Yes. But the production of those things in the show also showed them as righteous. So they trained us to think that she was righteous. But as I well. don't think so. I think you just have to be an evil bastard at heart to see through it. <laughs> maybe, and I think maybe. that's why I saw it from the beginning. I was you like, oh, it. I get this. This I is feel what I would her. do. Yeah, she's going to be bad. She's going to be bad. She's going to break bad at some point in this series. I and, and honestly, I didn't have a problem with that. I just wish I had seen her struggle with it more. Like yeah. when she was deciding to burn the slavers or deciding to burn. I, I wish she had and fought. You know what? I, I think the writers, uh, D.B. Weiss and David Benioff, would agree with you. I think that they got to this end game for their character and they went shit, shit. <laughs> i wish i would have set this up a little bit better yeah they you know what so hard to let's hide just it throw they... it all in right now the, and honestly that to me i think was my biggest problem with season eight is sure. that it was only six episodes yeah and i know that was the plan you know for but my years question years is ago. why i i have had that conversation with some people here is like if you know that you're going to have to rush your last six, why truncate it at all? Why exactly. not make it a full 10, give all of your plot lines a little more breathing room, mm -hmm. and end on that note? Like, why try and cram it all? I just didn't understand yeah, it. I didn't understand that choice. That's my key concern so in this one q and you're totally right is i am always on the side of if it's almost good it almost is worse for me right but in this scenario especially with scenario like with epic tv shows that have run for almost a decade sure i give them a little bit of leeway because let's be honest and and let's be completely honest uh -huh. it was impossible for game of thrones to stick the landing for sure i think it's impossible because yeah. Source material's not there yet. Nope. They're all, they've, they've written themselves into a couple of corners that they had to get out of in six episodes. They already had contracted to have a truncated season when I believe they realized later on that that wasn't going to be enough. Right. But, like, all of that, it's, I give it some leeway because I think it was impossible for them to stick it. I just sure. didn't think it was going to happen that was going to make everybody happy. Can I so bring up? I, I went into it with that opinion. A really funny point that Haley brought up to me after Please. we finished watching it. Um, after the episode with Daenerys breaking bad, um, Haley brought up a fact to me that, and I can't remember what date she said, but it was something I did not know. In like 2015 or something like that, uh -huh. 500, over 500 children were named Khaleesi. I know. <laughs> I've read about this. And so, I oops. thought that was the most hilarious cosmic joke on the face of the planet. <laughs> it's great. It'd be like if after the first episode of Breaking Bad, a bunch of people named their kid Walt. I told her it was as if uh, after a bunch of people saw his paintings, they thought Adolf Hitler was a great name. There were uh, too many kids named Adolf, by the way. <laughs> right. They were like, what a brilliant artist. 
And then a couple of years later, they're like, oh, my God. We're going to have to change Hitler's name. <laughs> right. We just named him Hitler. But it's French, so it's Hitler. Hitler. Yeah, it's Hitler. It was, but it, it like, made me cry and laugh. I yeah. thought it was so hilarious. Oh, because it's also a really funny – that's why you can't trust George R. R. Martin's stuff. No. Because you can't ever be like – the Khaleesi is my namesake. I am the mother of dragons. Because then turns turns out you're just a fucking crazy, insane yeah. person that slaughters Oops. innocent people. Oh, I should not have named my kid Stalin. Damn have it. seen how this war turned out? What a mistake I made. What, what a mistake. I felt all of the women across the country rage tearing apart their Khaleesi t-shirts. <laughs> Maybe unless they, were <gasps> unless they were evil bastards too and were like, good. They were like me. I actually bought three Khaleesi t-shirts that After night. The fact. Yeah. I Mad was like, good. Khaleesi. Good. Burn them all. <laughs> Burn them all. I do, but, th I do think one of the things, and um, this is another statement I heard someone else say, and so I can't claim credit for it, but I believe it, is that I think one of the things that put me off on the eighth season, and especially the finale, which we can talk about sure. and segue into, but for a show that spent almost 10 years yelling at me at how important the small details are, the last couple episodes did not follow through on that. And they're kind of oh, like, we got to sure. finish. For sure. And, and so it felt different. Like, whereas before things would happen or twists would happen and I would kind of be like, oh, well, I see this. This is how Game of Thrones is. It almost seemed like they were pretending to be Game of Thrones and well, being like, hey, you expect this, so we're going to give you this. You expect well, this. Well, so let's call it what this. it was. If the first seven seasons were a marathon, the eighth season was a sprint. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they were no longer telling these long stories. And let's be honest, the criticisms and hatred for that version of the storytelling started in season seven when they started doing these it no longer took one season for people to get from one location to another. Right. They're warping all over the world. In one episode, yeah. they are back and forth between multiple places. Well, but I mean, and, even the whole Jamie thing, Jamie left Brienne, which was stupid. Sure. And then went down to King's Landing and made it there overnight, it looked like. Right. It was And these are things that people would travel months on the yeah. King's Road to get from one place to another to, to King's Landing. Right. So right there, you have a problem. You are you are switching up your storytelling style at the end of the stream. And you right. can't do that without rubbing people the wrong way. Because I am now trained, like you had said, I'm trained to view this storytelling through a certain prism. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know how we've told the last six seasons up to this point? Forget that. Right now we can travel all the way wherever we need to go as soon as we need to get there. And you lose all of those really small, intricate moments um, of character building that right. happen along the road. Right. Well, and here's another example. So let's take uh, this is something from the bells in the episode of the bells. For whatever reason, in Arya's storyline, that white horse was very important. And then, and then not at not, all. And it's like the horse, it's like they turned it into jerky. Like it wasn't even there. 
in, well, see, in the next episode. It may, so it's things like she that. also like, looked oh, different. Did you mean? notice? She's no, suddenly I, clean when she comes yeah. out of the city as well. She took I was a like, shower. She found. I was a like, bath. what happened to her totally ash-covered no. self with like blood running down her face? And then she appears and she's just got like a little nick on her head. I'm quaffed. And she's like, hey, what's up, guys? I've just been hanging out inside Burning King's Landing. <laughs> so it's stuff like that. And again, you're know, like, well, the horse wasn't important. And the horse, like, it, w- it was symbolism. It meant something else. It's like, cool. That's not what we've been doing. Okay, but even if it was symbolism, the only symbolism that I can draw was a ashen horse that r- that death rode upon, yeah. right? That's the only symbolism that I can connect to in real world. Yeah, and then if which Arya... would insinuate that she's gonna kill somebody. Exactly. If Arya is riding the horse of death be after this ba- big battle, that means that she then is going to be the bringer of death for someone important. But she wasn't. Instead, she decides to become Marco Polo. <laughs> right. What's west of Westeros? I mean, like yeah. Westeros. <laughs> I saw that Westeros. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, but I mean, yeah. So, and all of that led to what I considered a finale that needed to get to a certain, a couple of certain places. Sure. And then just sort of jumped there. Now I will say, I, I don't give a fuck who's king. Oh yeah, sure. That was never anything that bothered me. I saw a lot of people freaking out that it was Bran. They were like, bullshit. But here's the deal. I don't mind if it's going to be Bran, but Make his character matter throughout the series. Thank you. That and that's Amanda's big. She hates the whole brand thing. And I and we, me and her, had a conversation about it. And I'm on the side of I can see why they made Brand King. Like I can see sure. based on his character. I liked Tyrion's little speech. Sure. But again, what they did a couple of times, and they usually use Tyrion to do this, is they tried to reframe eight years of a narrative to fit with the ending that they need. So it's like, hey, Tyrion, you're going to give a really great speech in a wine cellar to John that's going to reframe how everybody thinks of Danny, And sure. then later, you're going to give another great monologue in front of the whole you know realm and convince everyone that Bran was important this whole time. Right. And so the idea of it needs to be someone who doesn't want to be king, it should be a Stark child, all of those things that we had associated with John, I kind of was fine with the whole, oops, nope, it's actually Bran. Sure. But the fact that Bran was so immaterial and his story was not cared about throughout— the entire is a, series is a problem. He disappeared for an entire season of the show right. at one point with just zero progression and storyline and then came back. That was the other thing that I had a problem with it. His whole transition from human to creepy staring three eyed Raven seemed to be totally immaterial. Yeah. It served no purpose to the story other than to say he knows all of the histories of Westeros. But guess what? So does Sam. Have you seen the mountains <laughs> of books true. that he has? Like, And, and the whole point, you know, I made this point to Amanda, and then she countered and was correct. I was like, you know, Bran's storyline was important because he saw the, the past and confirmed the Rhaegar-John theory. And it's like, yeah, but so did Sam. Right. It's like, like, oh, yeah. It's like they tried to make a weird uh, books versus computers analogy in this. <laughs> and they were like, Sam is the old way. Bran is the computer new way. You will assimilate or die. <laughs> now I'm imagining Bran and Sam having like a, one of those human versus computer Jeopardy episodes. 
Yes. It's like Jeopardy of Westeros, and they're I- asking, it's like, in the 1400s, which <laughs> children of the forest did something, something? Sam's like, oh, oh, I got it. It was Bushir. Bushir of the Western realm. Yeah. And then you've got Modoc version <laughs> of Bran. Like, it's <laughs> just, just a floating, floating head inside of a computer body, and he's like, mm, that is actually incorrect. <laughs> I was there and yeah. saw it. <laughs> it was me warging into Brashear. <laughs> yeah, turns out also, I was responsible for everything. Also, okay, I, I want to make a statement and then show an example. Okay. Another thing that I think this season did was they tried to be too Game of Thronesy with their Game of Thrones. Yeah. Is you know, like the Red Wedding, Ned Stark getting killed, all of that stuff was like an oh my god, how can this happen super twist type of thing. Sure. So they George R. R. Martin loves to set up expectations and then just crush them in front of your your weeping eyeballs. Sure. He likes to do that. So they're like, Well, okay. Here we're going to go. We've been waiting eight years to see Bran warg into a dragon because we know that he can. So the way we're going to end the show is to have him be like, hey, guys, I'm going to go into the other room and warp into the warg into this dragon. See you later, show, and then leave. Right. It's like, what? Wait, I've been waiting eight years to see you warg into a motherfucking dragon and now you're going to do it off camera <laughs> right and Who it needs feels to like see that it feels like db weiss just sitting in the background going <laughs> well also i'm gonna be honest let's talk about that high that new small council scene when <laughs> yeah. did when did game of thrones become a sitcom uh, you know all of a sudden they're like yucking it up on the small council and i'm like okay lest we not forget you are in a city where literally Everyone was just murdered, <laughs> and you guys of your are like population is dead. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Bran Braun is like, huh, I don't know math. Hilarious joke. And then <laughs> hey, they're like, How about strippers? Right. Mm. It's like this tone feels super weird for this scene. Now, now let me. I'll give you my opinion on that. I actually didn't. I I dug that scene because because of how torturous it was for Tyrion. I loved Tyrion's arc of, in, like, his whole arc of, I want power, I want people to notice me, I'm a dwarf, you know, to, I have power, to, I uh, upend power, to, I don't want power, but am forced to have it. Sure. And then him being forced to wrangle this circus that is now the small council, I love that. I think that is the perfect bittersweet ending for Tyrion. I guess... But if that would have been sold, silly. yes, if that would have been sold in a more serious yes. way, I would have been on board with it. That's what I'm saying. And then people are like, well, what's Braun doing there? Tyrion promised him that if he didn't right. kill him, that he would get to Master of Coin, can, be all that. And a Lannister pays his debts. Like, all can, that made sense. It can we also, though, just address Braun's storyline? That was so disappointing it felt there were certain characters in this show that in the final season felt like they were just like oh shit we gotta, gotta have like something for them to do yeah we've gotta like move them around the chessboard people to be get mad them if to they where, don't see Braun. right and so he literally got sent on a mission to kill jamie and Tyrion. showed up said i'm gonna kill you guys but i'm not really because you're gonna promise me money okay see you at the finale bye, <laughs> bye. and that was it like it yeah. was so pointless and weird that a he would travel because let's once again address how far of a distance this is he traveled for months to get there and then was just like nah quick conversation 
Um, hey, you promised to give me a couple kingdoms? All right, I'll see you back at King's Landing <laughs> right. where you guys are heading to destroy it. <laughs> right. Like, that felt weird. But then also the Varus thing really upset me. Yep. Just because, once again, I don't mind where his character end up. I don't mind him getting martyred in right. the name of trying to convince everyone that Danny is evil and, like, kind of show them what, what the reality is. Right. But they they... It's like having the beginning of a book and the ending of a book and just throwing in the garbage the entire center of the book. <laughs> like, yes. you know what I mean? Like, Varys, they've set Varys up to be the 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 master of spiders, right? Yeah, the master like, manipulator. Yeah. yeah. This dude knows everything. He is always ten steps ahead of everyone. Mm -hmm. And so for him to so clunkily talk to Tyrion openly about treason and then like immediately in, in a room with echoes and then immediately run to John and talk to John about treason in front of everyone. everyone like it all felt so sloppy so sloppy yeah and, and not, like I said not Varys being sloppy the writers the being writers sloppy. being sloppy and there's been some weird interviews with the cast this is the first time that I have ever seen the cast speak out post a series and say, you know, I don't love the way that my character was handled at the end. And yeah. they've all kind of unanimously come forward and said that uh, Conleth Hill, who plays Varys, has come out and said, I didn't really understand why my character ended the way that he ended. Right. Tyrion, Peter Dinklage came out and said that he, he, he made a joke in one of the behind the scenes things. Where he's like, I used to be the smartest man in the realm. I guess I'm not anymore. Right. Like, they made all of these weird character choices that didn't feel true to the characters. All of a sudden, they were like, yeah, but them being the smartest person in the realm doesn't really serve our ending anymore. So yeah. we need to dumb them up a little bit. And that's really what you just said sort of hits on my entire problem with the eighth season. It's not that the acting wasn't good because even, even um, you know, Danny. Even though I didn't like what happened with her story and her character, I thought I thought she acted it well. Of course. Like she I believed that she was going crazy in the show. Sure. I thought, you know, John was doing really I thought everybody did really well with what they were given, but to your point it was it's for a show that was so based on this is what the character is doing. It's not about a main character, it's about just the presence of politics and uh, manipulation and and these journeys that these characters are going on I thought for a show that had done eight years of forcing that message down my throat to say well these characters are just going to jump to a plot point that we need to yep. happen was a disservice and I think that was really the 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 root of all the problems I ever had with with the last season can I can I sum it up with a phrase here that I'm going to coin right here on the show Please do. Uh, I think what we ended up with were ending driven characters instead of a character driven ending oh dude i like that i like an ending driven characters versus character driven endings oh man yeah yeah we that's need to what, write an, we need to write a white paper about that we do that's what i feel it was yeah. instead of doing what you've done this entire six seasons which has been allowing these characters to kind of organically exist throughout this story mm -hmm. and and People say that 
George R. R. Martin likes to subvert your expectations, but the reality is George R. R. Martin writes in a very realistic sense. Instead yeah. of taking the story prose, right, he allows the characters to kind of inform what's going to happen. Yeah. And that they stepped very, very, very far away from that. And instead, they f- they figured out the ending, and then they tried to reverse engineer that. Right. And that doesn't work for a show like no. this. Now, before we wrap up our Game of Thrones talk, yes, I, I want to make a couple positive statements. Okay. We've spent about 20 minutes kind of tearing into it. Let me just be clear. I, think, I, I do think we've lovingly torn into it, though. I don't think yes, we've shit on it. At all. No, I, 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 and and I want to be very clear that the issues I have with the show are literally just those issues. Right. I, I don't, I'm not in the camp that this ruins the whole show for me. No. Nope. I mean, just like with Dexter. De- the, the, the ending to Dexter is a million times worse than this, in my opinion. Totally. And I still love the show Dexter. Sure. Um, I think given some time, I'll probably get there with, you know, with Game of Thrones as well. It doesn't ru- ruin the whole experience. I just don't like those last handful of episodes. That's sure. really what this is. But... There were some moments in that last episode that, you know, I don't know how I feel about the creators actually stepping in to direct the last episode, not having that experience with the rest of the show. Sure. Because there were some directing things in that last, especially the Janny, the Danny death scene that I thought was just directed poorly. Terribly. But there were some scenes, Danny standing in the broken. With uh, the wings. With the wings coming to the steps. Yeah. Possibly the coolest shot in the whole final season. Yeah, for sure. Her standing in the throne room with the broken down wall and the ash and snow coming in and yep. the Iron Throne by itself. Awesome. Like, there were some set pieces that looked awesome. And I am happy that the show existed for as long as it did. I, I don't, I'm not disregarding the show. I just didn't like the last two or three episodes. Sure. The show still, to me, is one of the greatest achievements in television. I agree. Now, can can we do one thing and then we can step away from oh, it? Oh, sure. Of course. Of course. You and I have this little thing that we do back and forth every once in a while, which is kind of a pitch the fix yes, kind yeah. of thing. Um, there are a couple things that I think the show could have done, and I would be very curious to know if you have any, that in this last season they could have done that would have still ended up the characters in the same place, but would have right. given them more dramatic punch and emphasis. Okay. One of the things that I really, really, really wish would have happened and I waited for and it did not happen was I do not believe that based off of his character that John would have solely taken Tyrion's word that he needs to kill Danny all of a sudden. I don't feel I feel like John is is the Superman of Game of Thrones. He's too good to to want to kill her. I think what should have happened is she imprison Tyrion or kill Tyrion immediately. Right. Which is fine. But if she would have imprisoned Tyrion and then Jon approaches her, speaks kind of treasonously at her, Mm -hmm. and she, in a fit of rage, has Drogon burn Jon. But burn... But John does not burn because he is also a Targaryen, and then he realizes that there is no other choice but to kill her. Yeah, that would have that would have a sold Danny's turn to the dark side more. B, yep. it would have had that moment for John where 
he she has now left him with no choice which is i think what he needed because he's too much of a puppy to i feel like earn him killing her at the end right i still think he would have tried to take the peaceful way out because that's what he's done the entire series yes for better or for worse he has always tried to avoid killing at all cost and i feel like if she would have done that then it would have made for a really interesting reveal to everyone else that he is right. a Targaryen, which still, which would have made that plot point more impactful, right? But still could have ended up with the same choosing of a new king because then he could still refuse it, right? Like, okay, I, I want to take the core of what you just said because my pitch the fix is an expansion on that. Okay, so now uh, having heard uh, the other guys talk about it, but. Switching the order of the episodes. Yep. I'm very much in favor of that. Is the the burning of King's Landing, the death of Cersei, all of that happening like one or two episodes prior. Sure. And then them realizing that they're under the Mad Queen's rule, but having to deal with it and navigate it because the White Walker army is coming. Yeah. Then in that whole lead up, all of the things you just said happen. So getting ready for war, Dan, you know, still kind of trying to get ready for it. Tyrion does something, gets executed. John sure. stands in front of him. Everything you just said, and then at the end, he either is responsible for or does himself kill Danny, and then refuses the throne, which then lands us in the whole Tyrion giving a speech and Bran becoming king right. world, and then John willfully goes to the north yes where he belongs where he belongs to help the northerners set up but also this john should not believe that the white walkers are gone right he should believe that this was a temporary stopgap and that you know he has a feeling and he knows they're coming back so he's going to the north to prepare sure and then that's when the whole you know, brand becoming king or them dividing up and the Iron Islands ruled themselves and the North ruled themselves. That was another thing. Um, uh, the Iron Islands girl um, would have totally wanted her own king. Exactly. Especially after Cersei was like, hey, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Or Sansa. Been like, hey, Sansa. I've been talking about, yeah, Sansa. Yara should have been like, hey, I've been talking about that for three seasons. I'm going to do that I too. also am going to do that. Ditto right. what Sansa said. I'm going to be the queen of the Iron Islands, by yeah. the way. So I, I think, yes, those elements in place. Again, Danny can go mad. John can enter the North. Bran can be king. People can die. All of that right. can still happen. But just I, give it I will say motivation. I would have also liked if Arya would have become the head of the King's Night's Guard. Something. Man, she should have used something that. Something that felt take more face. like. Yeah, something that like felt more like. Or, you know what? Even better. Get rid of Tyrion. Tyrion dies, right? Sure. Because he gets executed by Daenerys, make Arya the hand of the king for Bran. For Bran. For Bran. Bran. Yeah. What I mean? No, I mean I. She's smart. Yeah. She's conniving when need be. She's also just though. She knows when to right. dole out justice and when not to. Make her the yeah. hand. She could have filled the Tyrion gap that's left by Tyrion getting killed by Daenerys. I also would have liked for Tyrion. Because let's be honest, Tyrion did make several grave mistakes regarding who he chose to pledge his allegiance to, and, and I think and he should have revolving around his family. He should have paid for it. Yeah, I also would have loved, uh, and this also would have kept 
once again, the same beat happening, Jamie and Cersei dying together would have been great. Mm-hmm. I would have loved it more if instead of being crushed by rubble, they got Daenerys burned them. Burned them. I Here's my way that that should have happened. I think that at the end, instead of Cersei going into the basement, she should have come out into her courtyard and stood behind a whole gaggle of innocent people right. and basically said, hey, I surrender all like cocky like and then D- Danny just burn her way through the innocent people to burn Cersei because that would have one given me a good Cersei death and yep. two solidified even more how far Danny right gone and let to get her revenge and let Tyrion be there to see it yeah and that is when he decides That's to throw he... down his pen and say you killed my last remaining family you killed my sister after she had surrendered. But instead... He, That's unacceptable. He found their bodies crushed, and so Danny just kind of indirectly killed them. So yeah. it would have still give, served the same plot point that the writers were going for, that Tyrion needs to blame Danny for the yeah. murder of his brother and sister. But this would and have given the, it a much un- more visceral punch. Especially after Tyrion worked so hard to find a way that they could survive. He's like, just surrender the city, ring the bells, get out of there, right. run, do whatever you've got to do, but, you know, I can save you. And then Cersei surrenders to save her life or, you know, cockily save her life. And then Danny kills her anyway against the rules of war. That would be the final straw for Tyrion. Right. I feel like that, much, that would have been, uh, once again, like you said, a more satisfying ending for Cersei. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it would have still served the same kind of beats that they were. It appears that they were trying to hit. Yeah. In the series, and and then if they had reversed the battle with the Night King, you could have had two or three episodes of Tyrion dealing with that fallout, sure. and John and other people dealing with the fact that now Danny is mad and in charge. Because those those scenes of her calling to the Dothraki and speaking to the Unsullied and right. the whole. Right. That was, those were intense and intimidating. And if, so having her be that type of ruler for longer than 12 minutes would have been cool. And if you want to give uh, Varys his due as well, then have him over the course of these episodes going like he's there for King's Landing. He's there for the, the battle of Battle of Winterfell. The mm-hmm. entire time, let him try to convince John that John needs to rule. Have mm-hmm. have the scene where Daenerys burns John. John decides that either he has to kill her or Arya pops up and surprise kills her again. Whatever. But then have Varys be like, think that John did it because that's what he needed to do. And then right. have John turn to Varys in that moment and say, I am not your king. I will never be yeah. your king. I don't want And then have Varys, for the, because Varys said he's always had the people's interest, have him deliver the Tyrion speech for Bran. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, have him, and then have Varys live. Like, there was really yeah. no, have him do what he's done best for, yeah. or have him be the hand of the king for Bran. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like because were, he, By that point, they would have established that he is truly the only one that's looking out for the interest of the realm. Right. And so I feel like all of those things would have been more satisfying. I know we, we, we've we spent almost the entire episode <laughs> talking about Game I of know. Thrones. I do want to throw it. one more thing out there, the Clegane Bowl. We finally got to see oh. the Mountain and the Hound fight. I will say it felt way too episode three of Star Wars fighting around <laughs> the lava pit. Like, yeah. there, 
the action was almost no. too big and too grand with these sweeping shots of the castle like decimated the in the dragon background. flying by right it felt too it felt bigger than any action set piece in that episode and that should not have been the case I agree. I loved that the Kugain Bowl happened. I actually liked seeing the two of them totally. fight. But there, every time they took it a little bit too far, and and I loved that it happened. I loved where it happened. I loved how it ended. Like all of that, I'm fine with. It just, it was too much. Right. It was too. It was, it was too sweet. And they, in the scene where they die by falling off the staircase into the fire. Right. I thought that was beautiful. But. Yep. It would have been more character-driven if you would have seen that that uh, the Hound knows that he cannot beat his brother. And yeah. he knows that the only way to kill... So you have this shot on his face. He realizes the only way to kill him is to die with him. and right. he, Kind of a Frankenstein. And have thing. him just charge him off yeah. the, the staircase. You know what I'm saying? Honestly... At first, but instead, they just kind of tripped and fell, <laughs> and it was just like, well, I think there. I think that what you described is what they wanted it to feel like, because I got the impression that he did charge at him, and then they both fell off. But I don't. They, I don't, they didn't do. I it don't think they played the right like. Way. Yeah, that, that if that is the case, then the execution to read that in the scene yeah. wasn't there. I think one hundred percent that's what they were going for. But for a while, what I thought may happen was that the mountain was going to press into the hound's eyes like he did. And pop his head. And then, well, not pop his head, but blind him. And then somehow a blind hound kills the mountain. And then at that point, he gives up violence altogether and like goes off, becomes a blind monk somewhere. Oh, that would have been. Because his whole purpose for having violence and having anger and fighting was, the mountain. was because of was the mountain. And now that the mountain's gone and he can't see, he becomes like the new leader of that uh the the Deadwood Rebellion out in the fields. Oh, that would have been cool arc too. See, I could have, but I, you know, I was fine with how it ended. Again, all of that. It was just a lot of different things they could have done right. slightly. Better. So, if HBO is listening to this episode, and they are, because I know that they're big fans of ours. Um, clearly, Jay and I need we know what we're doing. Need to work on the prequel series. We've got some. We've got some ideas. We're clearly we know what we're doing. We know how Reach to wrap out, this off. Um, Reach out. Also, speaking to Kathleen Kennedy and Lucas Films, you gave D.B. Weiss and David Benioff their own Star Wars trilogy. Look what they did with the ending. Look what we're proposing to do with the ending. All I'm saying is we could use a Star Wars trilogy. I mean, just, hey, give us one movie to start with, and then we'll move into the trilogy. And speaking of people being able to recognize our writing prowess, let's segue into something that you and I have going on right this second that is something that yeah. i am very excited to talk about yes. we've talked very very little and will still remain slightly cryptic but we can tell you what it is and kind of the plan oh, yeah. of what we're working with so do, 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 so do. jay and i have been working for the past six months now probably yeah. um on a project with a art a very 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 talented artist out of atlanta named Chris Hamer, who goes by... You need to go look him up, guys. Uh, urban awesome. Pop. It's, so it's U-R-B-N-P-O-P. And he's Urban Pop on Facebook. He's Urban Pop on Instagram. Um, he's an amazing tattoo artist. He's an amazing artist. Yeah. But he is also a very talented comic book artist. And 
back in January, he was looking for a very talented writing team to start a new project with, a horror-based comic book series. And luckily, he found us. He did. Um, he heard uh, before it even happened that we probably had a better ending for Game of Thrones than Game of Thrones. Yep. And uh, because of that buzz, uh, we got connected and we pitched him an idea for a four-issue series, a limited series, if you will, that is going sure. to be part of a overarching larger series, an anthology comic book series, if you will. Um, and we pitched him our idea. And to say he was blown away would be an understatement. He said, yeah, no, uh, over the moon. He said people around the world should stop writing because we have achieved yeah. the pinnacle of what can be achieved with writing. He basically said th there are no more stories to be told. To, write to be told. This. That's it. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, we drove our Chevy to the levee, and the levee was dry. That was that's where we were. Um, but no. In, in all seriousness, we are working on a project. We can announce the name, which we have. Yep. Uh, it is going to be called Odd Fellows is the name of the series. Odd Fellows, O-D-D-F-E-L-L-O-W-S. And this particular story is Odd Fellows colon the den. The den. What does that mean? I don't know. Could it mean I don't even know like a living room? Is it a horror Could story be. about a living room? Could it be a lion's den? Could it be an opium den could it be din din could it be a din of iniquity Ooh, and on that one I like thanks that one a lot. um so we've got a brand new story and we have recently launched our social media campaign for it so guys if you're looking and and you really should go ahead and follow us on there you can find us on facebook on twitter and on instagram right now if you search odd fellows comic and we're dropping teasers of the art. We're dropping teasers of the lore and the mythology behind the story. There also might be a secret society involved that you can get in involved with. So, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff happening. And uh, right now, Q, we're, what, we're looking at a release later this year. So here's the deal. Let's be honest and upfront because let's will into the universe good things coming our way. No matter what happens, kids, no matter what happens, we're self-publishing this book. Oh, yeah. You're going to see it. So if we self-publish, we're probably looking at a time frame of quarter four of the year. So sometime probably. this fall, winter. If, if, and this is a big if, an opportunity which has recently presented itself for pub, pub, publishing, getting a publishing deal with the book happens, it could be postponed. While we get everything together. So it could be next year or so before this project sees the light of day. But just know that if it is next year, it will be because it's, we are getting it published and put into actual stores. And it's going to be amazing. Now, it's going to be amazing even if we self-publish. But if we self-publish, the fun thing about that is you're going to be able to pick up copies from us directly. You'll be able to get yeah. it from our website. You'll be able to – I mean, you'll get it if we publish that way too. But – you're going to get it from uh, Chris Hamer will be touring around the country because that's what he does for a living, going to all of these cons, selling his artwork. He's going to have stashes of books. We're going to be appearing at some cons, I'm sure, signing books, selling our wares. And then check out your local comic stores if you live in Nashville and the Omaha, Nebraska area because we're going to be working really hard to pump our comics yeah. into those stores. Now, if we get this publishing deal... That's a whole different ballpark, kids, because we're talking the sky's the limit with the possibilities oh, man. there. 
Beyond the sky, man. Be- beyond the sky. Beyond the skyline, which is a beyond the sky. Which is a slightly dome. better sequel to a really shitty movie. <laughs> beyond the skyfall. Um. So yeah. So check it out. Odd Fellows the Den. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Um, and you should be able to find us just by searching Odd Fellows Comic. It'll be uh, the icon will be of a little guy with a skull face. Yep. And I can say from personal experience, you can also, if you search Odd Fellows the Den, it will come up as well. So, and I can say from personal experience, this is probably the best comic that anyone's ever written ever. Yeah, they're just I've so. I've heard tale that once this does get published, that they're gonna shut down all other comic books. That's that's what I've heard too. We're just gonna have to wait and see. We're making we're in negotiations. Yeah, right of now. making that happen. For so that. so that's something that's been really exciting and fun for us. Um, outside of that, we've had normal stuff going on. We've been watching TV, clearly. We've been reading oh, yeah. things. We've been watching oh, yeah. movie trailers and watching movies. Oh, man, so many. Uh, do you have any trailers recently that you've seen that just blew you away, Jay? The, now, I'm not going to say blew me away, but I, I was happy with the Terminator Dark Fate trailer. Were you? I like I liked seeing Linda Hamilton back in Badass. I, That's why. I agree. That's the only reason why. I watched it, and I am hesitantly emphasis on the hesitantly optimistic about this movie. I, the track record says I should not be optimistic. No, correct. But Linda Hamilton's involvement and, uh, James Cameron's executive producer credit. Yes. And Tim Miller, director of Deadpool. Yeah. Does have me cautiously optimistic. Well, here's the thing is, I like 100% of the Terminator movies with Linda Hamilton. Sure. So So right now, that's what I have to go off of. That being said, but I will say there have been times in the past where a pedigree of a movie has fucked me. And one of those, (laughs) one of those (laughs) is the Predator movie. Everything about that movie told me it should be awesome. And it was. And it was not. Not it was awesome. not awesome. So, hey, by the way, I rewatched that not too long ago because it showed up on HBO Go, yeah. and I can say upon rewatch, it's a lot worse. <laughs> okay, good. I thought so. I as watching that movie the first time, I thought, I bet this doesn't hold up under rewatch. No, no, it, it doesn't, doesn't get better. What about, what about you? Um, any trailers or anything you've seen lately that get you really, really excited? Yes, you excited about the Robert Pattinson Batman news? No. Uh yes, uh-huh. there is. I'm fine on that actually. Me too. It's fine. I'm not. I'm not in that. I hate Pattinson camp. I'm in the like. Sure. I've seen some of his outside his movies. Uh, I saw a movie called. Uh, uh, oh, shit. see Good Times. No, uh, I did see Good Times. No, it's a recent. It's a sci-fi movie, and I can't think of it. Life? High Life. High Life. I saw High Life. Dude, you watched High I Life. I did. So did I. What did you think? I'm curious. Um, boy, is that a crazy movie. Um, <laughs> I was going to tell you about it. I was like, I hesitantly recommend it to you. I loved it. I thought yeah. it was real cool. It, it was some really intense stuff. Uh, it's a very disturbing movie. Very French movie. Very French, uh, but very good. The story was very interesting. The characters were interesting. It's kind of told in a nonlinear yeah. style. Um, I dug it a lot. I did like the lo-fi aesthetics of the sci-fi. I thought that was really yeah. cool. Like everything in the, the color design, it was on really every cool. Room everything was awesome. felt super grimy and dirty yeah. and kind of gross. And, and, and a lot that. of it was really dirty. Totally. So, um, um, so yes, very good. I, I mean, between that, Good Time and Cosmopolitan, I'm totally fine with R. Pat. 
taking on Batman. Yeah, I'm interested to see what he'll do with the role. My only hesitance comes that um, I think he visually reads really young. So I am curious if they are if this is going to be like a early years of Batman. I'm I'm wondering um, too. We'll see. Because I think even when he's kind of aged up, he still has a very youthful appearance, and I think he, he he's sort of like a um uh, I I consider the same thing for I mean like Paul Rudd. Paul yeah. Rudd can never be an aged villain. No, it just doesn't work. And yeah. I would say, and our our Pats is probably even more so than that. He looks like a perpetual like teenager kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a very handsome, chiseled jaw teenager, but a teenager sure, nonetheless. I think his face will fit well into the cowl. I will say that yeah, he has a good, nice, strong. He has chin, a good chin and a hard says. nose, which I think will be good for yeah. some Batman stuff. Um, I will say there's a Batman casting that I'm even more excited for than that one, and, uh, and? that would be a uh, Ian Glenn Batman. Uh, oh, and people know Ian Glenn as uh, Sir Jorah Marma from yeah. Game of Thrones. He is going to be Batman, aka Bruce Wayne, on the uh, on the um, fuck. The series on the DC Universe. Um, oh, Titans. Titans. Nice, interesting. I did. I hadn't read that casting. That that is. And exciting. if you look at him, he's got a very Adam Adam West esque appearance in his face. So I'm excited for like a little more hardcore totally Adam West version of yeah. Batman. Uh, I dig it. So that's cool. Now the trailer that I saw that got me really excited, and I know this trailer's been out for a hot second, but I waited like what felt like 500 years for this trailer to come out <laughs> anyway. So I'm fine with talking about it later is right. I am really excited about the trailer for it. Chapter two. Holy crap. Dude. They had yes. that trailer is simply a scene from the movie. And then like a 30 second cut of just quick, um, quick a menagerie edits of things from the from the yeah. entire movie but that scene got Haley watched that trailer by herself and she said she had to turn it off when the old lady walked into the kitchen because she felt because so in the background yeah she felt so uncomfortable the tension it was, was awesome. ratcheted so high and i was like you have some balls on you when you and you feel confident about a movie when you're like i'm just gonna let the trailer be a scene from my movie yeah I well honestly it was the same type of thing it got me as excited to see it chapter 2 as seeing the scene of Bane and Batman in the airplane got me to see um the dark knight yeah. rises like it was just a scene that was so well done and so well captured and honestly let's be honest it's one of my favorite scenes from that book sure like I love that scene in this story sure and so to see them do it so well me and Amanda talked about this it's like if they had to show any scene this is the one. And, and they nailed it. So it has got my excitement level for that movie oh, man. just through the roof. I am so – that is now my most anticipated movie. That one and uh, Midsummer are up there for me. Midsummer, I am very excited about but very scared to watch. I'm going to be honest. Because sure, uh, of Hereditary. Yes. Yeah. It was – Hereditary is very traumatizing for me. Also, I have a feeling – just something to and hereditary wasn't over it wasn't like cabin fever level gory it had some pretty brutal gore in it but i have a it's feeling it's not the gore of that movie though something in my is, gut tells me that midsummer is going to be a very violent movie 
And I am, I have a feeling that way too. And I but am the thing about, super scared of that. The thir- the thing about Ari uh, in these movies is to your, to your point, Hereditary isn't very gory, but it was one of the most upsetting movies and affecting movies I've seen in years. So the fact that he can do that, Agreed. and this one is almost all set in the daytime, I'm very intrigued with what he can do. Yeah, that's where I am. I'm it very was, intrigued, um, and I definitely want to see it. It, um, yeah. So I'm I'm excited about that one. Um, we've got a bunch of movies coming out this summer. I have my my kiddos with me for the summer, so we're gonna yep. be doing a new movie Tuesday every Tuesday. Ooh, I love that. So we're starting. You relay with, back to us what you're seeing. I will. We're gonna start this this uh, coming Tuesday, or if you're listening to this episode yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, we're going to see Aladdin. Nice. We saw that yesterday, actually. All right. Can you give me a spoiler-free reaction? Give me a facial reaction, and I will describe it to the listeners. All right. So Jay has one thumb up, one hand kind of given the, like, meh symbol, and then his face is kind of going, eh, happy, and then also kind of like, mm, it was fine. Here's the quickest summary I can give you. The problems I thought I was going to have going into the movie, I didn't have except for Jafar. I I'd still okay. what I said so about you, Jafar early on holds true. Other than that, it was fun. As Disney live remakes go, top of the top of the okay. heat next. So, uh, but you would next say better to like Jungle Book and uh, Beauty and the Beast in that okay. in that range. Better than Cinderella. Way better than Cinderella. A miles above Dumbo. Would you um, say it's better I, than Beauty and the Beast? I think it was. Amanda said it ranks about even with Beauty and the Beast. And then okay. I think Jungle Book is still the best. And I, so, I have a feeling the Lion King will be the best. Oh, the Lion King looks amazing. I, what, what I will say, though, is pay very close attention and enjoy the shit out of the Prince Ali Ababwa coming into the uh, Agrabah scene. Okay. Best scene in the whole movie. It's great. How did Guy Ritchie do as a director? You know, here's my thing. Because you and I Not talked enough- about that before. Not enough Guy Ritchie. What we feared was going to happen, happened. It's just a good movie. And you know the Guy Ritchie, like, fast frame yeah. kind of speed up? He only does that during, like, chase scenes and dance scenes. So it doesn't really oh. fit. So it doesn't feel like a Guy Ritchie movie. It just feels like a movie with a couple of very fast dances. Oh, okay. So, I mean, that's not a knock against Guy Ritchie. It's a, you know, it's a fine film. It flows it works it, everything's there it's just not a guy Ritchie film did they have any good trailers in front of that movie um not really no, no. to be to be completely honest no that's fair not, um, think, not even think that i even remember really they had a toy story 4 trailer and that looks really good still that's i was gonna say that's another one we're going to see in june so that's gonna that's one of our tuesday movies the girls also really want to go see too. godzilla got uh, king of monsters oh there was a trailer for that, and it looks spectacular. Okay, I, so we I take it back. That's a trailer I've seen recently that blew my mind. It. I think incredible. that's our next Tuesday movie. So this one is that or looks awesome. This one was Aladdin. Next one is gonna be Godzilla. I do believe. Um, that's it. Looks incredible. There, we're also going back and forth between uh, maybe both, but either Men in Black International, which I feel very meh on. I want to see it. I want him to prove me wrong. Um, or it's not necessary. Dark Phoenix. 
Okay. Which I also of... feel very met on. That's it's gonna be it's gonna be a gamble either way you go. Exactly. It's like a fifty fifty chance that one of these movies may be fifty percent good. So like a twenty five percent chance. Yeah. Um <laughs> so that's what that's what we've been into lately. Um I will say I just wanna throw in because uh, we're getting towards the end of our time here. Um, I will say that I have loved the new Twilight Zone series. Okay, I am three episodes behind. So oh, we've fuck. Got the Steven, we've got the Steven Yin episode and then all the rest after that to watch. So Oh, I'm so you haven't behind. watched the Steven Yin episode? Is that oh, good? My, it's fine. But, okay. the, but after that? The two after that are awesome. Amazing. Well, that's what I'm going to be doing during Memorial Day. I have been so stoked on this new series, and it is still getting... But it did get renewed for a second season, so I'm very excited about that. But it's still kind of getting flack that people... Here's the deal. I had this conversation with Haley. Haley watched the first uh, two... uh, We watched... She's seen the Comedian episode. Okay. And then we watched uh, Replay. The episode oh, with the okay. camcorder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she enjoyed the comedian episode and loved the replay episode. Replay is real good. Um, and I will say that you remember you and I had a brief conversation about replay and how it was a lot of people complained that it was too on the nose. But you and I discussed that it, it really kind of viscerally explored the yep. feeling of the black experience. Yep. And I will say that that theme carries heavily through the remainder of the season. So if you, now is if it, you, is if it you, just like the black experience or like nope. the women experience, nope. the immigrant yep. experience? Yep. yep. Okay. So it's all yep. different types of yep. like, uh, mitigated people experienced. Yes. So I will say okay. marginalized. It's the, it, it is a show for the marginalized. People. I will say that if you did not like the overtness of replay, you will continue to hate the series and maybe even more so down the line. But if you loved it and you did not, that was not a turn off for you and more of a turn on, then you will absolutely love and love even more the later episodes because they dive even heavier into that. And as a defender of this new series, one of the biggest arguments that I've seen has been people said, oh, well, it doesn't feel like the original series because it's too overt and they curse. Here's the deal. I feel like <laughs> this series perfectly uh, analogs the old series. And the yeah. reason for that is it has updated it and that mm. series, the old Twilight Zone, take your rose-colored goggles off if you need to. It absolutely, overtly, on the nose, oh. addressed very current topics of the time. Very oh, yeah. current. Very, very current. Very bleeding-edge kind of stuff. It was addressing things that were very uncomfortable topics on television that people weren't talking about. And the show, at its time as well had its own detractors. It had detractors who said, oh, well, this is like a pulpy, gross way to talk about these issues like that war. are happening. Right. So yeah. it very much 
is in line with the original series, but for a modern sensibility audience. I'm glad you said that. That's exactly how I felt about this season. So I'm, I'm glad that that carries on, and I'm uber excited to spend uh, this three-day weekend and catch up on Yeah, all check it out, because uh, I think this coming Thursday um, is the final – is the season finale. Oh, of this, of this run? Okay. Yep, and it's uh, with Seth Rogen. Nice. And Zazie Beetz in a oh, – nice. What appears to be a horror episode called Sweet. The Blurry Man. Okay, I'm in. I'm already in. We so, watched uh, This Is the End last night with Seth Rogen. Oh, God, I love that movie. It's great. It's it's a, it's great on rewatch as well. So, all right, kids, we've given you stuff to go check out. We've dissected and repitched uh, Game of Thrones. We've successfully, pimped, I might add. Yep, we pimped out our comic book. Uh, we pimped out our services to both Lucasfilm and HBO <laughs> for writing in the future. Um, we've told you trailers to go watch. We've given you a very, uh, mild, very non-spoilery review of Aladdin. Uh, and yeah, so go join us every Tuesday. We're picking a new movie. So you should make Tuesdays new movie days too. Go see a new movie. Yeah. Lots of theaters. Let us know what you go see. Follow us on social. Find high five colon the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, letterboxd. Let us know what you guys are watching. What list should we do? Yeah, 100%. And once again, just to pimp services out there, maybe we'll get a sponsorship deal. AMC Theaters has an amazing service called the AMC A-List. 20 bucks a month mm -hmm. will get you up to three movies a week, no restrictions. The only right. re and well, we're I not take getting paid uh, some restrictions. Well, the only restriction is that like the Fathom Events stuff, that like one-night-only stuff, doesn't qualify. Oh, well, that's okay. But, hey, guys, we're not getting paid for this. We're just big fans. If you remember, we used to uh, – Q used to be big into movie paths. <coughs> that service sucks and, now. <laughs> and that service sucks now. AMC's uh, A-List is, like, the number one movie theater subscription service in the country. Like, it's it's got some weight behind it, guys. So if, if you want to see movies as much as we do – definitely get involved we're we're uh, we're members it's amazing it's a great service but also one of the other things the reason i say go see movies on tuesday take your entire family tuesdays for many 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 theaters around the country uh several years ago started as stimulus tuesday now it's just cheap ticket tuesdays amc theaters i know does it uh, i think car mike's got a thing five dollar movie tickets in so Come many on, places guys. Go see movies. Support the movie industry. Go see it in the theater. That's what keeps people and shows like us running. And uh, once again, maybe one of the companies will hear our, our plea and will have us be their new champions of these uh, we'll be, services. We'll be champions. We'll do it. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do your uh, – what's the, what's the trial by combat? We will be your champions yeah, in trial by on. combat. We'll do this. All right, kids. Later. I have a high five day. <laughs> it's time to close the door to the writer's room once again as this week's award-winning high five the podcast episode comes to an end feel free to reach out to the guys with your suggestions for episode topics by emailing them at my five at high five the podcast.com that's m-y-f-i-v-e at h-i-g-h-f-i-v-e t-h-e-p-o-d c-a-s-t dot com <sighs> you got that?
or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast on Twitter at high the number five the podcast Instagram at high five the podcast or on Letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you're listening to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating if you like what you hear. Even if you don't like what you hear, give us a high rating anyway. What's it costing you? Nothing. That's what we thought. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.